0: Welcome to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I'll be your tantalizing tale teller, JC. This tale is called Eventually Great. And, dear listener, if you want to submit your tale, you can send it to multiplane tales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Valodo the Graceful, Valodo the Merciful, Valodo the Horrible, Valodo the Vengeful. All are titles I will have after I achieve my goal. For now, though, I go by Val, short for Valodo Sept of Telma. If you don't know, Telma is a small town inside Camozom, located in the center of a few mountain ranges. It was a quiet place, a peaceful place where families could grow without fear of the wild or of warring nations. A place where everyone knew everyone else. There were only about 200 families that resided there, and we liked it like that. There may have been only 200 families, but they were diverse. In my youth, I had friends of all sizes and races. Surprising, I know! But somehow, Telma was able to attract the best of mortals over the millennia it has existed though it rarely gets new residents. The latest was my mom, who moved here about 300 years ago. According to her, it took a century or so, but the people of Telma finally welcomed her in. She became part of the community just in time for me to enjoy it in my youth. My day would start out like every other kid. Every morning, my mom would cook breakfast for me right before she went to work. Unlike the others, my mom would use the portal in her office to teleport to work. I always wondered where it led to. Anyways, when I'd get out of bed, there was always a meal ready for me, and let me tell you, it was always delicious. My favorite is still on my 13th birthday. She prepared me an endless amount of honey pancakes. That day, I went to school with a stomach the size of Mount Sanin. In that class, there were only about 10 of us, and we were the best of friends. Sadly though, when I arrived that day, the teacher announced the surprise information exam that would count for 70% of that term. If I failed that exam, I know that I would need to retake the whole year. I had also not studied. I forgot she even told us the surprise exam was that week. At the time, my mind was occupied with my birthday party planning. With only 10 minutes left for the exam, the only thing I had answered was my name. I tried to peek over at my friend's sheet, but I could feel the teacher's glare directly at me. My hands started sweating as I felt a pit in my stomach start to form. Just as I began to lose control of my breathing, I heard a deep, comforting voice in my head. It started rattling off some jumbo that I believe were answers to the exam. I wrote down everything it told me. I'm still not sure if it was because I trusted it or it's because I was just helpless. Even though I did not know if they were the correct answers, it felt better to just turn in an exam with some writing on it. Afterwards, my classmates and I went to the fields to play. We stayed there until the main sun went down. I returned home to my mother cooking dinner in the kitchen. I told her about the voice I heard. She stopped cooking to wash her hands. She took my hands and led me to the table to sit down. Honey, listen to me. Never listen to that voice again. She said, why? It sounded pretty helpful. I told her, I know, but I need you to trust me. Never listen to that voice again, she repeated more insistently. I told her I wouldn't. She hugged me and finished cooking dinner. We then ate some cake and planned for my birthday party that weekend. I would like to know, I did score 100% on that exam, but I kept my promise to my mom. Fortunately enough, it did stay silent for a few years. Around that time, I was a teen. My friends and I were exploring the nearby fields, as we usually do. This time, we went about a few miles into the fields until we reached a small hill. We noticed about 25 figures all wearing dark blue robes with an insignia of a cat's eye. They were quickly heading towards the town. I rushed back into town with the rest of my friends to warn them. The ones that were told start to panic. They went around quickly looking for makeshift weapons. Not 10 minutes went by when the group of rope figures arrived into town. Word of their arrival spread like wildfire. There was already a small group of townspeople with their makeshift weapons waiting to greet them. The group had moved the younger folk behind them as the rope figures approached. We seek an elven woman that goes by the name Sean Sept. The mare stepped forward towards the figure. We know no one by that name. Leave this place at once. Quicker than he could react, the man grabbed the mare and slammed his head into the ground. His body laid there restless on the dirt. Luckily, I could still see him breathing. The figure rose. We seek an elven woman that goes by the name Sean Sept. I saw most of the people slowly turn their head and look at me. She's my mom and I don't know, I yelled stupidly. The figure teleported in front of me and clutched my neck. Where is your mother, boy, he growled. He winded up for a punch right before the ground split open from under his feet to suck him in. As I fell, the ground closed back up with the sounds of bones breaking. A pool of his blood started oozing from the crevice. I looked behind me to see Sean Sepp herself with her hands raised at the rope figures. At that moment, I was more scared of my mom than the creepy group. There was an energy emitting from her that just shook me to the core. Shadows encircled her and they contorted in very unnatural ways. The rest of the row figures pulled out their hidden weapons and charged. Get the fuck out of my town! My mom yelled. She raised both her arms and shouted, Fenois! Darkness bled from her oar and spread out throughout the town. It covered everything in sight. I and everybody else lost the ability to see. For the first 30 seconds, there was only silence as everybody tried to adjust to the darkness. I heard two daggers being drawn, followed by someone running. It didn't take long for the screams to start. They were only masked by the sounds of flesh being sliced. I just stood there still, too scared to be able to move or even to try and help my mom. It didn't take long for the darkness to dissipate. When it did, there stood my mother with two bloody daggers in her hands. There was one roped figure left. She was on the ground in front of her. Her rope had been torn to reveal a female orc that looked like she had been punched about a few times. My mom kneed down to the ground to match the orc's level. She grabbed her face. Tell Yonda if she wants me, she has to come get me herself. She pushed the orc back. The orc rose and started running in the direction they had come from. My mom rose from the ground. Just as the orc was about to reach the woods, my mom threw a dagger at her leg. The dagger whisked through the air, landing itself into the orc's leg tendon. She fell to the ground crying. She tried and tried, but she just couldn't get up. Her leg could not support her weight. Crawl to her. Oh, and tell her, fuck you, said my mom. She turned around to check up on the town. Thankfully, the mayor was still alive, plus no one was majorly hurt. Once everyone's health needs were taken care of, the town cheered as they carried my mom down to the town hall for a feast. And oh did we feast. Later that night, my mom told me to rest well because we'd be waking up early the following morning. I ignored her. I didn't go to bed till late that night. Sure enough, she woke me up before the sun was even out and told me to come outside. I followed her to the backyard. As I reached her, she turned around and swiped my legs. Obviously, I fell on my beautiful booty. You are weak. I thought you would not have to fight, but I was wrong, she said. I looked at her astonished. I was about to yell at her until she kicked me in the face. Get up, Valoto, she yelled. At this point, I started bleeding. That's when I heard that deep voice from so long ago. Blood. Blood. It cried in my head. Get up! My mom yelled again. You have the strength, now use it! She took a break from yelling at me and went to the house. She returned moments later with a plain wooden box. She handed it to me. Open it. I did as ordered. There lay two obsidian black hand axes with a red ruby in one and a blue in the other. They will show you their power when you are ready. For now, get up and fight! For the next five years, my mother was my master. With her help, I learned what I needed to to defend myself and those I love. Mornings were for physical training, then a lunch break is followed by combat training. After another short break, we would go inside and she would teach me how to hunt creatures, monsters, and magic. Every now and then, she would take me to random locations to see the progress of my training. On the sixth anniversary of getting kicked in the face, my mom came out with a small metal box after our dinner. It's time I tell you the truth. I am a witch that worked for this organization called the Circlet of Mages. It's a group that attempts to control all the states on the island. My faction was called the Circlet of Deliverance. We were tasked with eliminating powerful leaders that didn't agree with our way of thinking. I could tell she was not fully comfortable with speaking about her past. She rose from the table and started pacing back and forth. My last assignment was in the city of Difit. The king kept refusing our demands so my job was to assassinate his pregnant wife with his weapon to frame him. I was going to too. I waited till they had a public fight, then sneaked into her chambers. A couple of simple illusionary spells were all it took to steal his sword, and I was ready. When I entered the room, she was awake and touching her belly. She assumed I was a servant and ordered me to come closer. I did so. She took my hands and placed them on her belly. I felt that child kick. I don't know why, but that moment changed everything. I left to find the king, and after telling him our plan, I went into hiding after I went back to find my unit leader. And let's just say things ended a little bloody. The next generation of the circulative retribution should be sent out by now, if not already. She went to the metal box. Following a few hand gestures, the top of the box disappeared. In the center was a necklace with an obsidian black owl eye with a purple pupil. She placed it around my neck. The pupil glowed. It felt warm around my neck. I felt like an aura of protection coming from it. Val, I trained you to hunt witches and monsters alike. You can never predict what they'll throw at you. And I must go now. I must find them before they find me. As she was telling me this, she started casting a teleportation spell. Wait, what about the voice I hear? I asked her. Oh, that's probably just your devil of a father. With those words, she teleported away. I didn't know exactly what to do, so I just went to bed. That same night, I was woken by screams coming from outside. After putting on my armor, I sheathed my axes and went to go see the cause of the screams. There were houses set on fire. The domestic beasts had managed to get loose, and there were far more people than there should be. Looking around, it looked like there was extra people falling from the sky. After helping some folks, I noticed the skyship hovering above the town hall. I made my way to the ship after taking out every pirate that crossed my path. Yes, they're sky pirates. I made it through the town and jumped on a descending cord to get to the top of the ship. At the helm was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She did laugh as her men plundered and pillaged my home. Hello there, young man. Have you come to stop the big bad pirate lady? She spoke. I brandished my axes and charged her. Before I could even get close, a large eight-foot troll caught my arm before slamming their club into my side. Boy, you cannot just approach Captain Zaton of the Dark Depths. A pirate queen doesn't just fight just anyone. Fight Ox there first. The troll didn't even wait for it to finish talking before winding up for his next strike. I dodged the first one, managing to cut his arm enough for him to drop me. Not forgetting how fast trolls can heal, I looked to find a source of fire. Too deep in thought, I couldn't react in time to dodge the blow to the gut. I hunched over and coughed up some blood. Blood, it's your power. That familiar deep voice spoke once more. Acting on instinct, I took some of the blood from my face and wiped it on my blades. The gems on the axe glowed as they sucked in my blood. A surge of newfound energy took hold of me. I feel like this is hurting me, but I can definitely hit harder. The axes burst into flame. The troll backed up in shock. I took the advantage of that and started slashing. After blinding one eye and a few more cuts, I paused to confirm the healing factor had stopped. It didn't look as injured as I would have hoped, but I could take it down and give it time. I heard a whistle coming from the helm. I stupidly ignored it to finish off the troll. Unexpectedly, there were two more green arms around my waist. I looked back to see another troll smiling down at me with its fucked mouth. Take him out and throw him in the dungeon. He has a fascinating ability. The injured troll approached me and punched me directly in the face. My vision started blacking out. Take the treasures and the women, kill the men and burn the rest. That boy might fetch a pretty platinum piece or two, especially with that ass. I worked my ass off for that booty, I remember saying before being completely blacked out. And now I'm awake in a navy prison. Sir, I don't know what's going on, but I am not associated with those pirates. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. If you want to share your story, you can send it to multiplane tales at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this tale, share it with your friends, family, and adventuring party. And if you can, please leave a review to help this reach the entirety of the planes of existence. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter for teasers and updates. Again, thanks for listening, and return in a fortnight for the next episode. That's two weeks. Bye!